the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Assurance. When you die, do you have assurance that heaven will be your home? Welcome to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick, a ministry of Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego. You'll hear verse-by-verse preaching that will help you know and love Jesus in a personal and practical way. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 and listen in as we learn from the Bible how to have assurance. Romans 8, chapter uh, 8, verse number 18. I love vacations. I don't know about you. I look forward to vacations. How many of you like plan a vacation? You know you're going somewhere and you look forward to it. Is anybody like me? Like I think about it. I'm focused on it. When I'm in the middle of work, maybe a, a staff meeting or something, and I'm enjoying the staff meeting, but I'm thinking it won't be long till these guys are having this meeting without me. And uh, and I love that. And and I love being there, but I, I love look forward to uh, sitting on a beach somewhere. seems like all my vacations, pretty much, I'm on a beach somewhere, uh, and, I, and I live near a beach, but uh, I'm, always, I'm always thinking of a vacation. I, I, are you like me? Can you push a little harder knowing that you have a few days of vacation coming? Like, okay, I, can, I need to get all of these things done, because I don't like coming home to, to a whole house. Some people don't mind. I don't like coming home to like a, a house where clothes need to be cleaned or the, the, the bed needs to be made. I like the bed to be made. I like the clothes to be put away. I like to walk into a house when I come home. So I'll push a little bit harder. I'll lose a little extra sleep when I prepare for vacation. I'll, I'll go a little bit more. I, I plan, I plan, I plan. I'm not really a planner. I mean, I kind of am, but I'm kind of off the cuff and some of my planning is off the cuff. Uh, and, uh, but I, I plan stuff out. I plan where we're going to go. Like, 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 hey, Deb, where, where are we going to go on vacation this year? She always says Bakersfield, uh, where her parents live, which I always say, enjoy it. And uh, let me know how it goes when you get back. But uh, where are we going to go? And, and uh, we'll... Uh, pick a spot that we go to and, and we'll have a good time. And Hey, this is what we're going to do. And then I pick, I really like to pick this. I'll start watching the food network or food channels or reading food blogs for the area. And I'll start planning where I'm going to eat. Anybody else do that? Like I'm going to eat here and I don't try to eat at the most expensive places. I just try to eat at the good places. As a matter of fact, the cheaper, the better. And if they have pictures and the pancakes are folded off the plate, I'm going, going, uh, I'm, how many of you, when you plan stuff, you just, if you see the picture and like it, you're good to go and don't always read the reviews. Anybody else like me? That's me. It's like, oh, the picture's good. Debbie's like, did you read about it? I didn't read about it. She said they made it with rat poison. Yeah, but it was a good looking pancake. We'll take our chances. So I plan where I'm going to eat. I plan where I'm going to get coffee. I like coffee. I plan that. What I really plan the older I get is when I'm going to take naps and how often I'm going to take them. How many of you are old enough to do that? Any, any, okay, I feel alone. It's me and one lady. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, well, thanks for the rest of you leaving your pastor all alone. The older you get, the more you want to take naps. And so you just want to take naps. And so I, I really enjoy that. And I start planning those things. Well, 
as we come to our text in the Bible, I have titled this message, What We, Meaning We Believers, Look Forward to Heaven. You see, we need to understand something. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're saved, if you know the Lord is your Savior, and if you're not, I'm going to talk to you in a little bit. But if you're a believer, we have something to look forward to, and that's heaven. The Bible talks about Abraham in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse number eight, where the scripture says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, notice this phrase, not knowing whither he went. He went out by faith and he didn't know where he was going. Now, some of you that are hyper-controlling, we're getting ready to add a book into the bookstore called Letting Go of Control. Some of you who are hyper-control freaks, you have to control everything and everyone around you. Um, Just to be honest with you, you're going to struggle to live by faith. Abraham went where he didn't know he was going. He had no idea. Well, how's it going to turn out? And what's it going to be like? And when are we going to eat? And where are we going to go? And what are we going to do? Abraham had no idea. He knew not whither he went. Verse number nine, by faith he sojourned or he lived in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob. The word tabernacle doesn't think of what you mean like a really big church building. Word tabernacle means a tent. This dude who was the richest dude in the world lived in tents. He never lived, once God called him, he never lived in a mansion. He never lived in a castle. Though he could have afforded them, he never had a place of permanent residence. No, He lived in tents with his sons, Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Why? Why would dude do that? Start with why. Well, the next verse tells us, verse number 10, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, meaning a tangible city whose builder and maker is God. This is what it means by that. Abraham did all of this with heaven in mind. A great contributor to Abraham's life of faith was the reality of heaven to him personally. We're in a series entitled Assurance having confidence in salvation. And we've titled that because Romans chapter eight, if it could be encapsulated in one word, would be the word assurance. One of the ways that we know we're saved is that saved people look forward to heaven. Let me say that again. Saved people look forward to heaven. Now, there are a couple things we need to know. And I'm going to do more teaching on these. You ever have two cough drops in your mouth at the same time? (laughs) Sorry. Well, now I only have one. Okay, so we're good. (laughs) I'll do some introductory thoughts on these in the near future. And today we're going to focus on heaven, but I need to say a couple things. The next event on the prophetic calendar, when we talk about prophetic calendar, if you've studied theology, it's called eschatology and that and $5. If you take eschatology and $5 to Starbucks, you can buy a small cup of coffee. Um, 
it's not that big a deal. It just means things related to the end times. Uh, the next event on the prophetic calendar is the rapture. Now, the rapture is not a term that is used in the Bible, but it's a term used to describe the sudden unexpected return of Christ for his bride, the church, and all those who are saved. So sometimes people say, well, the word's not in the Bible. That's fine. It's a word used to explain a, uh, a reality uh, that is taught in scripture. The rapture of the church will open the door for the Antichrist who will, with other men, take control of the world. Now, some people say when Christ takes the bride of the church from this earth to his eternal abode or to what we'll call heaven for a moment. When Christ takes his bride from, the, from earth to heaven, the Antichrist will set up his kingdom. This is called the tribulation period. Many of you have heard that term before, the tribulation period. It's a seven-year period. Now, some people say this. They're like, well, the first three and a half years of the tribulation period are going to be perfect peace. It's going to be amazing. Let me be extremely candid with you. The first three and a half years of the tribulation period are going to be hell on earth. It's going to be violence and evil, devastation and destruction. Matter of fact, in the first uh, four months after the rapture, 20% of the world's population will die by some form of natural disaster. There will be no time in the tribulation period when there is peace. They will preach peace, but because the message is an outgrowth of the mouth of Satan, it will be a lie. Why? Because that's all Satan knows how to do is lie. He is a liar, Jesus said, and he is the father of lies. When you lie, you are speaking after the father of lies, who is Satan. He cannot tell the truth. All of his statements are cast with this cloud of a lie. Even if it sounds good, if you delve into it, you'll find the lie very quickly. And a lot of truth with a little lie comes a total, becomes a total lie. And that's what Satan is. And that's what Satan does. And the tribulation period will be a period on this earth of seven years of absolute devastation and destruction. The Antichrist was a real, real person will set up his kingdom. And three and a half years into the seven years of the tribulation, he will be possessed by Satan and Satan will do what Satan always does. He will destroy everything he can. At the end, I mean, super broad, at the end of the tribulation period, there is a battle called the Battle of Armageddon in the Valley of Megiddo. Uh, Debbie and I have been there. We've overlooked the Valley of Megiddo. We look forward to taking many of our church there. To put it in perspective, it would almost be like, though not the exact same size, but it would almost be like the Central Valley of California. If you are sitting on top of the grapevine going north and you're able to look at this massive valley, you would see this valley of Megiddo, a massive valley where all the armies of the world will march on Israel. There will be a, a battle and Christ will come on a white horse and he will defeat all the armies of the world with the word of his mouth. I used to get mad about that. I wanted to fight along with him. And the older I get, the more I want to take naps. 
He'll win that battle with the word of his mouth. When he wins that battle, he will cast Satan and all of his compatriots, the Antichrist, the leaders of the regions of the world, all of the Christ rejectors, he will cast all of them into hell for a thousand years. Well, during the tribulation period, there will be two witnesses. I believe it's Enoch and Elijah. Some people would say Elijah and Moses or Enoch and Moses. We don't know. We don't debate it. We all have, some people might have opinions. That's fine. The scripture's not clear as to who they are. We might be wrong on both of them. I have reasons why I think that. Other people have reasons why they think their thing. But what we do know for certain is that there'll be two witnesses who preach during the tribulation period. The whole world will hear the message of salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone. Make absolutely no mistake that the message of God to the world from creation to the final judgment is salvation by grace through Christ alone. Make no mistake about that. The central theme of the word of God is salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone. That Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. If you like what you've heard so far, check out CanyonRidgeRadio.com. You can see videos and listen to hundreds of Bible messages that will help you in your walk with the Lord. You can also send a message to me and Pastor Chadwick. Check us out at CanyonRidgeRadio.com. Now, back to the message in progress. That's the message of the Bible. There is no greater message. There is no more important message. There's no way that's ever going to be changed. That's the message. And that's what these two dudes are going to be preaching. Well, they're going to preach that. And the eyes of 144,000 single Jewish men are going to be opened. And they're going to realize during this time of tribulation, the early days that Jesus is the Messiah. And they're going to go throughout the entire world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And millions of people are going to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ during the tribulation period. Okay? Now, at the end of the tribulation period, remember, the the, the battle is is one, Satan and his cohorts are sent to hell, and Jesus sets up what is called the millennial reign of Christ, a thousand-year period on this earth where Christ rules and reigns. The people in the tribulation period will come, and they will be in the millennial reign with us. Those who are saved during the tribulation period will live for a thousand years with their physical bodies. We who are saved now, before the tribulation, we will have our glorified bodies. We'll talk about that in just a second. We will have our glorified bodies. They will have their physical bodies. For 1,000 years, they, things will be great. Everything on this earth will be absolutely perfect, absolutely peaceful absolutely amazing. There'll be no sin. There'll be no heartache. There'll be no sickness. Everything will be fantastic on this earth. Ladies, you will have 1,000 years to give birth. The men are laughing and the women don't want to be there. 1,000 years. There'll be no aging There'll be no sin. There'll be no deterioration. The world will be as God originally intended it. And, and you won't because you're on this side of the uh, tribulation period. But those born in the tribulation period will have a thousand years. The world is going to be full of people. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be awesome on every level. Well, at the end of the thousand year period called the millennial reign of Christ, 
The Lord will release Satan and his cohorts from hell one final time and they will come to earth and they will deceive the masses of people who are on the earth. Not all of them, but many people during the millennial reign of Christ will not give their lives to Jesus Christ. They'll never get saved. Like some of you, they'll attend a church service. Like some of you, they plan on giving their life to Christ. Like some of you, they're gonna do it after the promotion, after the kids get out of the house, after they get a better job later, next Sunday, after I find a steady girlfriend or boyfriend, after, 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 the road to hell is paved with good intentions, always has been, always will be. And there'll be tons of people during the millennial reign who will not accept Christ. Their heart is so dark and rebellious. Though they did not sin and they've lived in perfect peace, they still are angry in their very soul at Christ and they will join Satan and his forces and attack Christ one final time. Well, you're not going to defeat Christ. And so in this final battle with the word of his mouth, Jesus will defeat his enemies and cast them into hell for eternity, literal eternity. Everyone who's ever lived, who's rejected Jesus Christ will be in hell for eternity. Not for 10 years. Not for 100 or 500 or 1,000 or 10,000 years. For eternity. He will cast them into hell for eternity. This earth that we live on will be, if I could say it this way for simplicity, will be rebirthed, reborn, or born again. It will go through a purification process. It will go through a process where it becomes something completely different than what it is. This earth, maybe we could say it this way, will become new. Matter of fact, that's why the Bible calls it a new heaven and a new earth. And that's what we'll live on. Here's what a lot of you think, Here's what, because it's been portrayed. Here's what people think all the time, that when we're in heaven with the Lord, that heaven's gonna be all of us that are saved, going to heaven, floating around on clouds with a halo, wearing a giant diaper. That's what most people believe. And then dudes are like, I don't really wanna go to heaven because I don't wanna wear a diaper for eternity which I totally understand. Not a lot of fun wearing a diaper for eternity. That's not what heaven will be. It will be a new earth. Well, what do you mean, pastor? It, it's going to be like the earth we live on, like with, with deserts. Any of you like deserts? How many of you are desert people? Like, oh, got a few people that like deserts. Maybe you grew up there. My wife loves going to Arizona in the summertime. And so she gets to travel there by herself. And uh, she likes deserts. Uh, how many of you are like me? You like mountains. I'm a, I grew up in Washington State. I'm a mountain kind of guy. And I like beaches. Any beach people? Obviously, we live in San Diego. I'm a mountain beach person. When we are on the new earth, I have been asking the Lord if I could move from southeast La Jolla, known as Claremont, to the center of La Jolla. I want to be there on the beach. 
That, that's where I would, I would like to be. It'll be a new earth, beautiful oceans, beautiful water, beautiful mountains. Christ will be the figure. There'll be no night there because Jesus will be the unending sun that provides light for everything. It will be perfect. It will be amazing. It will be awesome. And that will be the new earth on which we reside. So when I say heaven, which this text is talking about, I'm talking about the new earth. And the scripture gives us some insight into our subject this morning. Not some insight. The scripture is the insight, I should say, into our subject this morning. Verse number 18, Paul says, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. When we talk about the new heaven, I want you to know this, that believers will enjoy heaven. Verse 18 and 19. Some of you have lost people. My wife and I uh, have lost people that we love. You, you've, you've lost some people. They knew Jesus. You didn't lose them. They're in heaven waiting for you. If you don't know Christ, you're never going to see them again. But if you know Christ, they are in heaven waiting for them. And if you don't know Christ, you can know Christ if you'll come to him for salvation. I want you to notice the focus on heaven. And I have to be honest with you. I, I take a little bit of the blame. Uh, it's, it's the impending death of my mother-in-law that has caused me to think deeply about heaven. The more I look at scripture, the more I understand God wants us to keep heaven and eternity in mind. First Corinthians chapter two, verse number nine, the Bible says, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Second Corinthians five, two, for in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is in heaven. There's a reward in the Bible that God talks about for people who who are looking forward to heaven. Second Timothy chapter four, verse number eight. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Revelation chapter 22, verse number 20. He which testifieth these things saith, surely I come quickly, even so come Lord Jesus. Verse number 18 in our text, the apostle Paul is saying, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. The word reckon just means to consider. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy. The word suffering means the affliction, the enduring of hardship for the sake of Christ and in conformity to Christ. In other words, Paul says, when you suffer for the name of Christ, it's not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Now, he's not talking about sufferings in general. He's talking about suffering because of the name of Christ. If you're suffering because you're a jerk, you deserve to suffer. If you're suffering because you, you, you got fired from your job because you're looking at porn on the job or with the, with the company phone or on the company computer, that's on you. Don't blame Christ for that. Like, oh, life is just hard. I'm waiting for the day of Christ's return. No, here's the answer. Stop looking at porn. Oh, I'll do it again. Here's the answer. Stop looking at porn. Oh, they're mad at me because I showed up late. I mean, a couple of years ago, we didn't even have to show up for work. And now they're actually asking, not even asking. They require that I have to show up for work. They're so burdensome. Get over your lazy self and show up to work. Well, I'll say it again. Get over your lazy self and show up to your work. They didn't hire you to sit at home in bed all day and work in your pajamas. 
If a man wouldn't work, neither should he eat. Well, life is so hard. I just don't know what I'm ever going to do. They actually expect me to be there. Like you go to a fast food restaurant. Hey, can, 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 I, can I get a cup with my drink? What do you need? A mental health weekender to hand me a cup? Come on, I just need a cup. The suffering is related to Jesus. And notice what it says in verse number 18. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time, the suffering of right now, Paul was a man who understood firsthand the suffering of the Christian life. He endured persecution. He endured shipwreck. He was beat with a cat of nine tails. He, he, he was stoned and left for dead. He was beaten with rods. He was running for his life oftentimes because he was a follower of Jesus Christ and a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is referring to here. I I reckon that the suffering of this present time, hey, pastor, uh, my family and I were struggling a little bit, but we keep giving to faith promised missions, even though it costs us a little bit. Yeah, that's not worthy. That's what he's talking about. That's not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Well, Pastor, people said bad things about me at a church one time, and I'm still trying to recover from that. I understand that. I'm not making light of that. But understand, if you follow Jesus Christ, you will suffer persecution. A life without persecution is a life that is not lived for Christ. Jesus said, beware when men speak well of you. The psalmist said, it was necessary that offenses might come so that I might learn thy precepts. In other words, God expects, understands the reality that sufferings will come. We don't enjoy them. We don't look forward to them, but they are a part of the believer's life. Peter 5, 9, the Bible says, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in our brethren that are in the world. This world, or or this is exactly what Jesus is telling his disciples of in this world. Jesus said, you'll be handed over the courts, you'll be flogged in the synagogues. Matthew chapter 10, verse number 17, he said, beware of men for they will deliver you up to councils and they will scourge you in their synagogues. You've been listening to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick. Before we go, If you have any questions about what it means to be a Christian and how to go to heaven after you die, we invite you to visit our website, CanyonRidgeRadio.com, for more information. We hope this episode of Canyon Ridge Radio has been an encouragement to you. Canyon Ridge Baptist Church is a growing church located in beautiful San Diego, California. If you're in the San Diego area, make plans to visit us this Sunday at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 5 o'clock p.m., at 6866 Linda Vista Road. For more information about our church, our pastor, or how to know Jesus as your Savior, visit our website at CanyonRidgeRadio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.